Good morning and work it. Work it, girl, because you're listening to the Queer LBC Podcast. I'm Nino, local construction daddy and podcast fatty. I'm here with my fabulous co-horse. Woody, whoop, whoop. This is Christoph here, your city top liaison. My pronouns are he, him, and that motherfucker. Dr. Mikey, your professional chismoso. My pronouns are he, she, all of them. So what do you have for us today, Nino? Oh, you know, just some quick tea and queer vans, 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 quick, quick, quick. Take a sip. Take a sip, you big stupid bitch. All right, so this is the quick tea and the queer events. This is where we get into the L, G, B, and the T of it all. Sometimes we get a little Q, too, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. So what are these queens talking about today, this week? Today, this week. Today in gay. Uh, Nepal recognizes same-sex marriage in landmark ruling. Okay. The Abbey is for sale. I'm okay with that. Uncle Ricky gets a divorce. Whatever happened with all that drama? I guess we'll get into it. Right. Today in trans. New York appoints one of the first openly trans male judges in U.S. history. Okay, NYC. Mm, okay. Today in lesbian, Megan Rapinoe retires. I don't even know who that is. Also, Rapinoe calls out anti-trans bullshit. Okay. Today in homophobia, Supreme Court rules homos second-class citizens. Mm. And Fox News back at it again with the lies. <laughs> Today in transphobia, Florida trans bathroom law goes into effect. Do any of you queens know about any of these things? I don't per se, but I want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here to learn. Well, I'm about to get into it because, well, we all know that Fox News lie. So I don't know why, you know, that ain't nothing new. I know. I'm like, when did they stop? Right. When did they stop lying? <laughs> you do that. So like, to that's to not even, that's, that's just, uh, just to jump off. But I wanted to see what this, um, Supreme court rules, homos, second class citizens. Oh, go for it. So read the article for us for, from the advocate, it states, that the U.S. Supreme Court ruled today in 303 Creative LLC versus um, Eleniste, Colorado, violated a graphic designer's freedom of speech over its non-discrimination law in a ruling 6-3 with the liberal justice in the minority. The court rules that the First Amendment prohibits Colorado from forcing a website designer to create, a, to create expressive designs, speaking messages, with which the designer disagrees. So basically, like many states, Colorado has a law forbidding businesses from engaging in discrimination when they sell goods and services to the public. Laws along these lines have done much to secure the civil rights of all Americans, but in this particular case, Colorado does not just seek to ensure the sales of goods or services on equal terms. It seeks to use its law to compel an individual to create speech she does not believe that's just sound like that's just a whole bunch of riffraff in Colorado. <laughs> um, so basically um, Denver area website designer, Lori Smith owner of the three Oh three creative wants to expand her wedding business by saying serving same sex couples would violate her 
conservative Christian beliefs and her free speech rights. She had not been approached by any same-sex couple, but she wanted to make sure and state that she would not be doing services with same-sex. Ain't nobody even been looking out for you, mama. Like, ain't nobody even searching for you. Right. Ain't nobody trying to do that, but she just wanted to go ahead and jump the gun and say, I will not be servicing same-sex couples. Yeah, she wanted to deal with it. Most queer LGBTQ plus I is going to already, you can already assume that they're going to seek out someone in the community for an event. Mm -hmm. Because you already know how we like things. Why will I go to a 303 creative if I don't know that you're queer friendly? Right. That's true. Come on now. Also, like, is she, I mean, does it matter if it means that the work that she's doing is like relate? Like, what does she fucking do again? You said? So she's just a graphic designer. Oh, yeah. She's just basically a graphic designer. Yeah. So she, so on her website already, it just basically states, I am selective about the messages that I create or promote. While I will serve anyone, I am always careful to avoid communicating ideas or messages or promoting events, products, services, or organizations that are not incons- that are inconsistent with her religious beliefs. You know what is in, like insane to me about this case and this ruling is that we have essentially like got our like right stripped from us. Like we can be second class citizens because people can just say, I don't believe in your, your lifestyle and I don't got to do this for you. So you're creating, you're making us like second class citizens. And what's even more mind boggling is the fact like her rights have not even been violated at all. Like no one went to her and asked her to do uh, their web designs who was queer She's just being preemptive. So, like, what the fuck? Like, your rights haven't been violated, but we get our rights taken away. It makes no damn fucking sense. It makes no sense. Um, I think it's the altitude in Colorado that's making these motherfuckers crazy out there. I don't know. I feel like... I don't know. I don't know if I have any thoughts on this anymore. (laughs) I mean, right, because everybody feel like now that they could just go and complain about something mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with them. Yeah. Because nobody, not one same-sex couple came yeah. to 303 to get services. So you didn't have to deny anyone because nobody's coming to check for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, like what if they're a straight, like so does that mean like if they're a gay couple and they want like something that has nothing to do with gayness that she's printing, like oh, I'm a gay person who just happens to want like a birthday card to like a regular birthday like invitation I need to design for that like you just won't do it just because I am gay or is it like I'm not gonna print anything that's a rainbow and that says happy gay life (laughs) right or is she just flat out right saying no homosexuals can use my services right or it's both probably both so I wonder would she do any content with people that's wearing linen and cotton or eating shrimp yeah because she just designs wedding websites. So, like, oh, I see, I see, I see. So, yeah. like, a, a, a gay couple is going to get like, yeah, that's stupid. She's a dumb fucking bitch. Yeah. Um, 
How dumb. But she, it's like, well, why don't you also make the statement that, like, Satanists can't get married? And, like, because it offends you and it's not part of your religion. But, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just stupid. Like, it's so fucking dumb. That's all I have to say at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. And, like, I just don't understand, like, also the underlining argument is, like, how does you doing anything for gay people, like, violate your conservative views (laughs) right like me being gay doesn't make you any less conservative or any more conservative like you are the way you are just like i'm the way i am so but so like they're unrelated like i don't understand how your rights are being violated i just don't get it i don't get it either (laughs) but it just kind of means like oh now everyone else can get the idea and it's like oh well what if i'm a landlord and i don't want to have gay people in my fucking See, but, be, but this I mean you're right people would be able to start thinking like that but hopefully that will never take place because I'm assuming like HUD will make sure that that's just like a big wide circle of shit to get into housing like with discriminatory uh, discrimination against housing um but I think it's what is that? Uh, I want to say it's HUD, but um, I think I'm I'm researching right researching it right now. But I think housing is federally protected. Federally protected. That's what. Oh, I mean. Yeah. Um. So like, even if the states wanted to change the laws, they can't because the government's going to step in. But um. But yeah, but that I don't know if that can happen with housing because I don't know if they consider that like a business type of thing. I fucking hope not. Yeah. Right. See, but that's what's going to start people with these ideas because somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, she said, though, um, when they was going through this case, even though no one has, you know, went to her website that was the same sex, she just wanted to get into that business but was being put off by anti-discriminatory uh, discrimination requirements. So technically this health ain't even got a, a business yet. She just getting in front of it because she wants to do it, but she don't want to do it to same-sex couples. Wait, she don't have a business and has no clients? <laughs> right. So it just keeps getting worse and worse. Why is this even, a, like, why did that even, why, why was that even taken yeah. to the court in the first place? Yeah. Maybe she's being prodded by some political figure. I'm, I'm quite oh, sure. I'm quite sure. She's probably a lobbyist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's also like if my existence as a queer person threatens your religion or your worldview so much is like then your worldview is like a little like faulty, you know, yeah. like you should get that checked because like your foundation and value shouldn't be rocked by someone's existence. Right. It's so ridiculous. Like, uh, and it's like, bitch, pick and choose much. You have so many <laughs> sins in that Bible that there's lots of types of people other than gay people that are sinning. Yeah. So like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> mm. Just choosing to discriminate uh, against us with this fucking fake ass excuse of my <laughs> right. fucking religion. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I don't give a prove to me that your God exists and maybe we can start making laws upon upon it. Like mm-hmm. but until then, honey, I don't think so. Yeah. But I mean I guess I think so since it happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So by the way, federal uh there's no federal protections for housing discrimination against LGBTQ 
IA individuals. Wait, say that again. There is no federal protection. Oh, currently? Yeah. Oh, so we can be discriminated? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. We're fine here in California, obviously, because I think we're state protected. Mm -hmm. People can still discriminate on site, though. Oh, of course. You know, it's so funny. I think that might have happened to me and my my ex one time. That we were looking for an apartment, and I feel like the person just didn't want to rent to us Mm -hmm. for no good reason, even though we had all everything in line. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They just said the apartment was no longer available. Maybe it was. I mean, that's true. You know, these apartments out here be going quick. I guess so. I just want to see what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else is out there? This Newsday. Also, well, yeah, I'm so done with Florida, but <laughs> one state. Is doing some good things, and that is the good old state of New York. New York, okay, what are they New doing? York. So, New York Governor Haskell has ushered in a major milestone for transgender people, appointing one of the first openly trans men to serve as a judge in U.S. history. Uh-huh. Seth Martin. One of 15 appointees the governor office announced Wednesday currently serves at Columbia University as a director of training and education, equal opportunity and affirmative action. But if he is officially confirmed by the heavily Democratic state Senate, Martin will become a judge of the New York Court of Claims, which handles litigation against the state and its related entities. Um, His confirmation will mark the first time an out trans man has held any judge office in the u.s according to the governor's office it was not so long ago that a trans person becoming a judge was imaginable unimaginable um he had wrote in a statement to gay city news on wednesday he quoted saying i hope my nomination and service inspires young trans people and that i can serve as a role model he is the founder of the legal nonprofit Workplace Strategies and once worked as a litigation attorney handling discrimination cases, according to an official biography provided by him. So it's like he's been about that life mm-hmm. since day one. So Dang. I hope that nomination does go through. Get it. I think that's really cool because I think um, when society thinks of, of trans people, they always think of... Um, really negative things right mm-hmm. like their life experiences is, is like negative right like they're like depressed or they're really dysphoric or things like that you yeah. know but i think it's great that we're starting to have representation of like trans people you know doing everything that we're doing right and they're right. we're seeing them as a a, a full you know bodied image mm-hmm. you know instead of kind of these stereotypes that we have in our our minds about them yeah yeah Definitely reminds me of like a Barbie movie. Barbie can be anything. <laughs> Trans can be anything. And yeah. you can be. Mm-hmm. That is good. That is good. That's good for the trans community and for the LGBTQ plus I community. Yeah. So even though that happened in New York, this wouldn't be the first time. Um, he would be the first time that a trans man um, is to hold that title of judge in the U.S., um, he is not the first trans person to claim that honor, though. And okay. can you guess which state is? Oklahoma. You are exactly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So the first trans person to claim that honor is Victoria Kowalski is believed to be the country's first trans trial judge elected to office in California in November 2010. She was followed, mm-hmm. followed swiftly by Phyllis Fry, who was appointed to Houston, Texas municipal court system later that month. Mm-hmm. They both still hold office today. Snap. So nice. that is amazing. Hey, coming a long way. Look, right? Talk about the representation. Mm-hmm. Representation Trans matters. Trans president. Look, okay. Get into it. Kim Petras could do it. Well, I don't know. Her background is. Is it sketchy? Is there going to be one throat goat? And that's Barbara Bush. <laughs> I mean, no, what's that? Barbara? Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan. Barbara Bush. <laughs> Nancy Reagan. <gasps> Yeah, that's Barbara Bush. <laughs> <laughs> that's Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> She's OG. The original OG. Oh, man. What else? What else? Madonna went into the hospital. I heard about oh, that. Oh, yeah. She just collapsed. But right? did anybody understand why? Or did they say why? I didn't really look Some into drugs? it. Oh. I thought that was your girl. Oh, you I mean... If she's listening, she's definitely my girl. <laughs> and if she ain't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want anybody to show this to her. So That's you true. Well, know. I hope she's okay. I heard that she's doing better. I think she I think is I heard doing about better, that. yes. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Not hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you meant hilarious that, you know, she listens to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> Ricky Martin gets a divorce. I thought he been. Uh, what do you guys think of Ricky Martin? I mean, do you think of Ricky Martin? I, I don't, don't think of no, never, never. Only Mm-mm. when he's talked about in the news. Exactly. Skip. They're married for six years. Right. Okay. That's I got draws good. older than that. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a gay relationship. That's like, yeah, pretty old. I want to know, like, what happened with his, like, nephew drama. I know. I think it was unresolved, right? Or that he sued the nephew in the end? Let's see. Ricky Martin nephew. Ricky Martin sues nephew for $20 million after sexual abuse and incest claims. Oh, yeah, because he took it back, right? Mm-hmm. But everyone was kind of sus about him taking it back. That's tough. But, yes, Ricky Martin suing him for $20 million. Uh-huh. That's funny. And now he's getting divorced. No, he ain't gonna have that money. I wonder if the boyfriend or the boyfriend, the husband will tell. Right? A tell all. Ooh. Ooh. I'm ready. I'm ready for it too. But what else? Do you guys know who Megan Rapinoe is? No. What did she retire from? From (laughs) soccer. Oh. She is a very famous lesbian though. I believe she's lesbian. I think she's, yeah, full-on lesbian. Oh, I do know her. Two-time, this is from them. Two-time Women's World Cup champion Megan Rapinoe has said that the season with the 2023 National Women's Soccer League will be her last. This season is her last. Uh, Yep, the end. (laughs) 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 Let's see. Uh, yeah, playing her fourth and final World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. That's ridiculous. I can't even imagine like how much work and dedication it takes to like be on a team like this. Right. 
That's insane. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially being, I wonder if there's a lot of straight girls there. And soccer. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a mix. But she was 38. That's a good long while. I, I could not do that. And I'm younger. Let me see. What was interesting? Let's see. So she, uh, uh, besides her World Cup titles, she's also received two Olympic medals Mm -hmm. and has been honored by the prestigious uh, Balloon d'Or Soccer's Most Prestigious Individual Award. And... She was the first soccer player to receive a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Wow. Wow. Look at you repping. Go, Megan. See, these lesbians are important. Right. Despite what everyone wants to tell you. They are. And she also, um, so on top of her retiring, she also called out um, the ban on like, um, trans athletes in sports. Mm, mm-hmm. And she was like, I think, and this is a quote, um, I think people also need to understand that sports is not the most important thing in life, right? Life is the most important thing in life. And so much of this trans inclusion argument has been put through the extremely tiny lens of elite sports, she said. Like, that is not the way that we need to be framing this question. We're talking about kids. We're talking about people's lives. Currently, 18 states ban transgender girls and women from sports teams that align with their gender, according to NBC News. Trans youth are dying by suicide because they are being told that they're gross and different and evil and sinful and they can't play sports with their friends and they grew up with um, that. Megan said not to mention trying to take away health care. I think it's monstrous. Uh, 45% of nearly 34,000 LGBTQ youth surveyed said that seriously considered suicide in the past year. While there's no one, no one reason anyone considers suicide, the survey showed that trans and non-binary youth who were supported were less likely to have suicidal ideation. And that report found that anti-trans legislation has influenced young LGBTQ plus mental health. Of the transgender and non-binary, non-binary youth surveyed, 83% said they've worried about trans people being denied the ability to play sports because of anti-trans legislation. Yo, it is a sport. It's for you to get out and be active. And they putting too much on it. And it's just, people just want to get out and have fun. Right. And make a little money. Yeah. Right. I'm glad an athlete said that. Because right. I feel the same way. I'm like, it's just a sport, y'all. Like, <laughs> like it. this ain't life yeah this is just a sport yeah i mean that's what everyone forgets in america right it's just a game yeah like <laughs> these are literally games literally and we put so much pressure yeah. on all of it and it's like what the fuck mm-hmm. how is that fun yeah <laughs> right they're taking the fun out of sports mm-hmm. it's just like i mean i guess it never i mean do they care i don't know no oh just hell no a, they don't care they, they only sure care about the bottom up. dollar yeah. i mean the bottom line and yeah. the mighty dollar they, that's all they care about you see they don't even like even regardless if it was trans they don't even care about the athletes themselves that's like true. how many of them don't even have good health insurance or play for so many years and now homeless mm-hmm. and now here in the streets trying to fucking make shit you know happen yeah or the the fact that like the women's soccer team who 
brought in like all these World Cup um, titles or pay less than the men's team. Right. If you care. Right. If you care. And want to protect right. <laughs> female sports, then like pay equal. Like there's so many ways to do that differently. Yep. You're there's, just pushing your agenda. That's it. That's all. You don't care about women. They don't. As if they be watching any of that shit. Exactly. When was that time you <laughs> caught a fucking female game? Like that wasn't your fucking daughter's. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? That is also true. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad she said something about that. Right. After. So hopefully she'll be putting that retirement to good use to be advocating and being on the front line. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't even want to put like that it. pressure. You know what? I, I take that back because. Retire, girl. I know. Yeah. Right. Enjoy your life. You know what I'm saying? Live your life. You already got a medal from the president, <laughs> you lesbian. You did as much as you could. Right. right. That's awesome. Pass the torch. I love that. But lesbians, yeah, they're like the backbone of our community. They don't get enough props. A society. Right. Mm. Go lesbians. <laughs> go lesbians. Go lesbians. The Abbey Absolutely. is for sale, y'all. Laughing my Ooh, Let me go ass check my bank account. I mean, <laughs> what are your thoughts and opinions about the Abbey? I mean, I, so when I first moved to California, you know, I think that's where everybody knows is the Abbey. Like, oh, like, you know, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, okay. Beautiful space. It's beautiful. Beautiful space. Mm-hmm. But, however, I felt like it was not very queer driven. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was not almost a safe space for queers because it felt like it was a lot of straights and Wait. it was so crowded. This was like 2017. Okay. So I don't even think much has changed since then because I, don't, I haven't been recently. Um, but also it was so freaking crowded that like you can only dance like in a two step. I didn't even realize that because I had read in the article that they were saying it had become a little bit, a little hetero in there. Oh, really? Okay. And then, um, I didn't even think about it and I'm like, wait a minute, straight people that I know, like straight men have Mm -hmm. told me that they're at the Abbey and I'm like, wait a minute. You want to know why? Because (laughs) so there's a lot of straight bars on sunset Yeah, and it's nothing but a quick walk down to Mm -hmm. Santa Monica. So it's like, Oh, okay, let's go see what a girl, you know, they, cause straight women feel safe Mm -hmm. at gay bars. Mm -hmm. So straight straight males, sis, you know, straight dudes figured that out. It was like, I know where they at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go down to Santa Monica. Let's go to the gay bar. Straight men ruin everything. God. And so then now it was just like, I was like, uh, okay, then y'all out here making out and all on the dance floor and like quit touching her like that. <laughs> like this making me uncomfortable. <laughs> like it was always funny the one time that I seen that and then I noticed it was a trend. I was like, oh, straight men have actually did actually really catch on to that. Yeah, that they did. It's like they know that straight women are here. I saw that at Rage a lot, too. Oh. Really? Yeah, Rage. Like, um, because a lot of straight girls, like, Rage was a lot of women. Um, yeah, there actually was even. Yeah. Because I feel like I stopped going to the clubs, like, ugh, 2016. 2000 yeah that era mm-hmm. and so and i was already like over it as fuck by 2015 yeah so i don't know what it's been like in past years i'm sure it's probably the same have you been to weho lately uh yeah i was there a few weeks ago i went to fiesta cantina that's my bar yeah i just yeah, love it like it's a place you go the food's good the drinks are strong like 
that's all you need it's true um and but a lot of places down there are closed like really? um the saddle the saddle bars closed oh. saddle bar yeah it was it like used to be the, like the look country uh, yeah it was like coyote ugly with dudes go-go dancers think of it that way which one was the next to next to uh, revolver across the street from revolver it's like the strip where it's Fiesta Cantina on, and it's the. What last time you been down there? I know, <laughs> like 2016. Yeah, I'm like, where the fuck is uh, Revolver? I've never even been to fucking Pump. I haven't I mean, been to Vanderpump either. Me either, but that's like uh, a restaurant. I don't think that's like a club. Or but that's probably the start of like straights coming in yeah. for the Vanderpump, yeah. and then mm-hmm. what's next to it? The Chapel and the Abbey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for a lot of our listeners who's not from California, oh, yeah. a quick. I guess a quick little history in the Abbey. <laughs> We're being gentrified by the straight. Yes. <laughs> so, um, the Abbey opened up in 1991 as a coffee and pastry shop. The Abbey has grown and expanded to a nightlife destination among the gays who travel to the good, lovely land of WeHo. <laughs> I said this last week, but their fucking chocolate cake is fucking bomb as fuck. <laughs> I swear to God. Really? You know, I never they have I, good I ass food. I never ate there. Uh-huh. I had brunch there once. Really? I'll go for a brunch. Okay, we may need to go and do a brunch before they close then. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't know that they have really good food. Yeah. I, mean, the, I never the ate there. Good. I just always assumed it was a, a nightclub. Uh huh. Mm. Um,. So Cooley sold the majority of his stake in the bar to hospitality and entertainment company SBE Group back in 2006. And then they paid close to $10 million for a 75% stake. So Cooley stayed on as president, uh, then planned to open additional Abbey bars and popular gay destinations and blah, 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 woo, woo, woo. But during those nine years, many people in the LGBTQ community said it was turning point for the Abbey. They noticed a drastic shift and people coming to the bar, heterosexual um, patrons started to show up in droves, imposing their privileges and pushing LGBTQ customers to the side. And management management wasn't bothered by the change because at the end of the night, sales from the new heterosexual Didn't customers care. had increased. So Cooley stayed the course on that shift when he brought the business back. So in 2016, which was the last time you were there, hmm. The Abbey expanded to occupy the neighborhood um, to the, the building next to them, the north, rebranding the property as the chapel at the Abbey, which catered to the club scene. Yeah, because I wasn't even there for that. I was like, when the fuck did that happen? <laughs> Is that the chapel what Truck Stop used to be, that lesbian bar? I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah. I used to love that night. Or was it called Here? I think, was it was, the I think the, the bar was called Here, but okay. I think the that night was called Truck Stop. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I saw. I think I saw that, and I was like, "Wait, what about the lesbians?" They got nothing. Damn. They got shafted. Um, I always hated the Abbey. Like, Does that mean that they're selling? Wait, why is he selling? Because he's quote unquote going to retirement, or yeah, that he's going into retirement. Oh wait, did you just hire someone to do that? But why are they selling everything? I know. And I thought he didn't even own it. I thought I thought they just. Well, I think because I think he bought back seventy. So originally, back in two thousand and six, he sold it to SBE. And did all that, um, but yeah, I don't understand. Because if he's only the president, quote unquote, right now, why? How is he selling it? Yeah, I don't know, but I wish <laughs> I had the money because I hopefully that place goes to. <clears throat> excuse me. 
hopefully still in the LGBTQ plus I community, as well as um, someone purchasing that and keeping that not narrative, but that that energy of it's already been sold to the streets. Yeah, might as well turn it into a damn Chick Fil A. Oh my god! Yeah, that'd be funny. Imagine a Chick Fil A in in WeHo. Oh, I guess there's one in Hollywood that's on the border, but too far. Um, but yeah, hopefully somebody a nice POC LGBTQ plus I. Ooh, Tatrick should buy it. Megan Rapinoe, she's. There got you go. nothing else to do. She got the money. That's true. I don't know. Whoever buys it, I hope they do better. Because yeah, I was not the, a fan of Babby. Ugh. That's straight. Ugh. I can't imagine all those straights there. Ugh. I know. Just being like straighting it up. I know. Bringing in their bad vibes and they're fighting and just like, ooh, get out of my way, faggot. <laughs> in the gay bar. Oh, look, okay. I wish. That happens, though. One time I got an argument at the Abbey because it's so tight. I was trying to get through to go to the restroom mm-hmm. and someone's drink got spilled. But I know it wasn't me because like it happened after I passed, like right, like a few minutes after. And they blamed me and like this straight girl grabbed me and she was and she was yelling at me. And she was like, you spilled this drink and you owe him a drink. And I was like, I said, drink your fucking drink at the bar, <laughs> you raggedy bitch. What the fuck is you talking about? Uh, yeah, and I was like, I didn't do that. I'm like, you need to stop yelling at me because this is a gay place and you're being like, whatever, homophobic. And I just like walked away. Nice. <laughs> Get her ass. I couldn't. I remember a straight girl was fucking rude to me one time at fucking Rage. And I was like, bitch. This is my I'm house. Beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she was something, but I don't know. She looked, she appeared to be a heterosexual cis woman passing privilege no that's rude mm-hmm. well she was telling that she was telling that story <laughs> but yeah, so if you got money out there and want to buy the abbey i know can we collectively can... buy it a fucking straight girl made out with me one time on she rushed me she rushed she, you yeah she like she rape kissed me so basically yes. she was like acting stupid and drunk and she was like pretend to be my boyfriend so that i can make this guy jealous and i was like no i don't want to do that and then she just went in and like started making out with me and i was just like what the fuck get the fuck off of me bitch and then i ran away to the bathroom and washed out my mouth oh no hot soap and water come on hot soap with iodine (laughs) no 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 (laughs) should have been like now let me kiss the dude that you was trying to make angry right i was like god these straight people infiltrating our spaces that needs to be a whole new episode is there any other quick tease mm. i think we covered it all wasn't that much today nepal recognizes um, same-sex marriages yes they're recognizing it and it hasn't become fully legalized into right. their law but they're recognizing it Oh, we exist. You exist. <laughs> you exist, but we don't know if you should get this right yet. Thanks, y'all. Better than a lot of places. Is it, apparently, it's the, only the second country in Asia. Dang. After Taiwan. And and I don't know, does um, China even consider Taiwan <laughs> a country? Mm. <laughs> so they're living in sin. <laughs> Doing whatever the fuck they want. Oh, man. <laughs> Mm-mm. And that's it for the quick tea. Yeah, I'm no longer parched.
And we're back. So, what with the recent political climate, I was wondering, are you politicized? Are you politically gay? What about politically queer? Gloria Steinem says that the personal is political. How do political movements by Christians in America affect you personally? LOL. Do you think <laughs> you have to think of your LGBTQI status when it comes to politics? What about gay Republicans? Is it possible to separate your identity from your politics? What do you think of identity politics? Do you consider yourself a political person? And so what about it? Go off, queen. Are you guys political people? Are you a political gay? <clears throat> I'm a political person in the sense of doing right by people, but I'm not politically driven by politics. Mm-hmm. I'm more driven about what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, politics can become a a very touchy subject and or just a way of just like shaming shit, shaming motherfuckers, mm-hmm. 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 which we have been seeing in this climate in the last couple of years. Um, but I don't think I'm politically queer or politically gay. Like my gayness or my queerness don't drive my politics. Okay. Mm-hmm. In that sense, like I'm very conservative. So like in the sense of like, Cause you see how it's going. Like, I'm a loving individual, but I'm not also just like out here being loving to everyone and everything. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Just so you ain't a hoe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just say it. So right. So, but like, <laughs> but you would think that my queerness and my um, gayness uh-huh. will put me in that type of. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but it don't. So I feel like that's could also go for my political views and aspirations, in regards of that can't drive my gayness, as well as my gayness can't drive my politics. Mm. But I also treat people how they should be treated and how I want to be treated. So I'm gonna leave it at that. So then, does your blackness? So now that comes in at a, and I guess that's parallel, but my blackness gets seen before my queerness, mm-hmm. my gayness. Is there really a difference between gayness and queerness? I mean, only on the technical level. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. like calling everyone she. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's whatever okay. you feel comfortable with. Um, so my blackness is seen before my queerness. So, my blackness directly don't give a fuck about politics. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just because of, you know, history um, that they're trying to erase. But I also know that the fights that both parties are fighting for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's just to be respected, appreciated, and live their life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. And that's what both parties, in regards of queerness and blackness, mm-hmm. not Democrat or Republican, because that can just go fuck off. 
Um, that's what I think of political queerness and political blackness. It's the right to just do those three things. You're right. But I do like politics. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do. But I just wish it was more individuals that look like us in the political arena where we don't have to battle these individuals that have been that grew up in Jim Crow era and even before then mm-hmm. that's still in offices and high levels of positions in politics where they they don't see they're closed minded they're they only know one thing and that one thing is you know hate in a sense do you see the hate ever ending I don't want to see it that way Mm-hmm. But I do it, see it that way because also it's also we have to be mindful of mental illness mm-hmm. and the aspect of like some individuals just are not being mentally being taken care of in the sense of the hate is coming from something different. It's not like that person is a bad person mm-hmm. or a hateful person. Mm-hmm. That person is probably dealing with something. And it's not getting the proper care. That's how I look at it. Um, so I don't feel like I feel like hate has always been and forever will be taught. Mm-hmm. Like hate is just mm-hmm. not just like oh, definitely. you just not born not, that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's one thing you ain't born that way. Mm-hmm. It's full of fucking hate. Now that's stupid. So I just know it's taught, and it's just unfortunate that it's still being taught this to this day. Sorry to bring the room down. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, we're taking what, we, it that's in. what we want. We're soaking it in. Right. So it's just like, but I just wish that we did have more of individuals who were passionate about politics. That's a part of the queer and gay community, um, Latin community, black community, um, Asian Pacific community, that they're able to get their voices and self out there and try to move out the individuals that no longer belongs there Mm, mm -hmm. just because you have been there don't mean that you still deserve to be there true though you know what i'm saying um and i just wish that politics didn't have that um that's that icky icky feeling to people Mm, mm -hmm. because now that everybody if they feel like it's like just a rotten arena of shit that you only want to why I want to put myself in that yeah I want I'm going to protect my peace <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah that's true. but we need those warriors that's going to go out there and you know fight the good fight mm-hmm. so that's where my political queerness need to be amped up so like what would be like fighting the good fight in a political way in your opinion being on the front lines going out on marches protesting going to make sure your voice is being heard, going to city council meetings, going to um, just going out there and putting and being on the front line. Mm-hmm. Just like how yeah, um, the black trans community and, the, and, and our lesbian sisters always on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Everybody in our community needs to be on the front lines and fighting that good fight. And that is being out there, being seen, being loud 
And being loud is just not being loud. Being loud is just being informative of what you deserve as a human being and advocating for yourself about that. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at being on that good side of the good fight. Mm -hmm. Just like how the motherfuckers on the other side hooping and hollering about hate. I just need to be on the other side hooping and hollering about good love and happiness. What about you, Dr. Mike here? Um, I've always been a political person. Uh, I remember in high school, there was the walkouts um, around the immigration rights. I remember that. So I did, that was my first protest. So I walked out of of high school and the march was from Whittier all the way to downtown LA at the, their little civic center. Which route y'all take? I, I don't remember, good but it was Lord. a good, like, 14, yeah. it was a good walk. You guys were organized? Yeah, we were organized. Yeah, like, each high school and oh, the, the nice. streets came and picked up a different school along the way. And it was just this huge march all the way to downtown. What? That's yeah. not how it happened for our high school. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who organized it for us, but that's how it was in Whittier. So, like, that was my first protest. And I did that and walked that. And then I was out there for marriage equality um for me i'm a lot more um um what is it like policy focus i don't care about candidates um i think when i was younger i was like oh yes like this person but like i've learned to have a distrust for politicians Mm -hmm. because i feel they don't do what they say they're just like using you as pawns yeah um and they're not really um giving you anything for you voting for them and getting them into power um so i'm really policy driven so i feel that my queerness definitely impacts my politics because i'm all about like equality for for all people but Mm -hmm. i definitely want to highlight equality for my community and necessity Mm -hmm. for it yeah um so yeah so i think i've always been like a political person um and i've done i went out um during the BLM uh, protests here in Long Beach, yeah. um, went out to downtown. Like so, like I, I feel like I, I like to be on the front lines and to kind of be out there and like have those difficult conversations with people. So like, I think I'm really a political person and queer, and I'm very my my lens is very queer focused as well. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say because I remember you saying like you. It's about you like about the policy. Yes. And I know mm-hmm. you had mentioned, you know, like the immigration, Black mm-hmm. Lives Matters. Have you ever been in at or participated in any queer or gay protest or walkouts or anything of that nature? I did the We Spa uh, protests. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't and know if you all remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Was it they they denied gay people? What is it, it? A trans person. So oh. like the, someone made an accusation that a trans person was nude and then they're making a big deal about it because they're in like yeah so it was it was just a transphobic event and we spa was like no we're an inclusive spa um and but so then people were protesting we spa for being inclusive so there was a counter protest that i was a part of oh i see organized by uh queer organizations yeah well go you we spa yes i've been to that one i did uh, marriage equality uh, when it was up for debate with debate. Obama, right before Obama, or mm-hmm. I forgot, it was a, it was like a proposition or something yeah. here in California. Mm. So I protested in the corners there. 
And well, what about the one, the one bar that was in downtown LA? I can't remember. It was a protest, and because I think there was like a, it's what a couple of oh, yeah, doors down from Red Line. Oh, Las Perlas. Yeah, because that was that was one yeah. that was like what almost like four years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was actually talking to someone at that bar, and they were saying how the whole event happened, and what the bar did is actually the security guard that w was responsible for um, kicking out the trans person um, was actually from a company. It wasn't like the bar's personal security oh, guard. Like yeah. So when the bar found out what happened they fired the security company and yes, are no longer using them. And it was actually like, a ch they actually got a chain of bars around them to get rid of that oh, company too. And I they know, all went right. in and got a new mm -hmm. security company. Is that right. true? Interesting. Yeah, I yeah. talked to someone at the bar and like they, they're like regulars there and they were telling me about yeah that. And not, not a lot of people know, so they still right. like, queer people are still really weary of that place, but there's a lot of queer people at that. Yeah, I was um, going to say, I don't remember that being publicized. So I was, last thing I remember about Last Perlis was like, everyone hates it still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that also goes to remind you that like, even when you're in queer spaces and places mm -hmm. and you are, you got to remember that when you contract out, you got to make sure these people is legit mm -hmm. and that they're for the community or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's almost like reverse um, hateration. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. I feel like um, I'm definitely politicized <laughs> and definitely political gay. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like I feel like I was like weirdly political, like from a young age. Like I remember when I was little being really into the 4th of July. <laughs> and I guess I was really sold on the idea of like commercialized patriotism and like mm. American flags and fireworks and all that, like mm -hmm. that fake American propaganda that you see, like barbecue shit. <laughs> like I was really into that idea of like, that's what like America is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I quickly learned that it wasn't like that. <laughs> um, and then, but I did, I remember in high school, I worked an election because I wanted to see how that worked. And I want, and so I worked the polls when I was in high school. Work it. And then like once I turned 18, I made sure that I was like legal to vote. And I became like a registered Democrat at like 18. Because I don't think my dad was voting at that time. Um, and I never seen like, m like male, that kind of male stuff. Like, you know how they send you shit Ballet, in the mail? mail. Oh, Ballet, like, oh, yeah. Registration shit. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, and then I, when I was, like, in my college years, I was on Tumblr. And so I started following a lot of political blogs just because I really wanted to learn. Because I was always, like, really interested in, like, learning more about things. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to learn about politics and I just wanted to see how, like, shit worked. And I was like, oh, everything sucks. And then... <laughs> um, so I started to learn the lingo of like news and like political news. And then I would like follow like a lot of like personal, like people's personal blogs that were like uh, related to like their race or like their like gender and like, you know, just like different people's perspectives. Okay. Cause I wanted to learn the real, the real tea from the real people. So I just like follow like lots of like people's tumblers like that. 
And then, um, what else? And then I voted for Obama. <laughs> <laughs> and Obama was like, I was like, definitely like all in for Obama. And he was, yeah, I remember that. that I, was, time. <laughs> I was definitely like millennial. And I was like, oh my God, Obama's my JFK and <laughs> Michelle is my yeah. Jackie O. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like legit. I remember. <laughs> and like, it was, that was my first election too. Mm-hmm. So it was just like so exciting. It was just definitely an air about it. Yeah, because it was like recession, and everyone was like, uh-oh, this is going to suck. And then I was like, yeah, we all want the Shepherd Fairy poster <laughs> change. <laughs> he's cool. He's black, and he's everything. <laughs> and I was definitely, like, gung-ho on all that. Mm-hmm. And then um, then it all happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I got jaded. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, when I didn't get jaded. Happens. I was still, like... Definitely had like a a hard on for Obama, like definitely a good four years. No, maybe like two years up until what into Trump's presidency. And then I was like learning from our previous uh, podcast host, uh, Jose, like how much Obama stinks. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, mm, yeah, I guess he stinks. Yeah. Even though I was like, I still ride for this war criminal i guess i yeah. don't know See, but that's I what i was talking about that it puts a sour politics put a sour taste in your mouth yeah. because yeah. you want somebody to do good but once you're in you have so many people that you have to i guess accommodate so to speak so you got to play the game yeah so it's just like oh well i told them this but like now i got to try to make these motherfuckers mm-hmm. happy now i gotta try to Play both sides. And that's what's fucked up about politics. It's like, just get out there and do it. And yeah, do what's best for your people who right. you're representing. Exactly. Or yeah. do what's right for humankind. Don't give a fuck about what others, what the other side want mm-hmm. in these lobbyists and lobbyists. Yeah. But it's just like, but it puts a sour taste in our mouth because we don't freaking want to deal with it no more. And that's I'm, what a lot of people don't want to vote no more. Exactly. Because yeah. like at the end of the day, it's like, it doesn't matter how good the propaganda is and how much you want to suck his dick like he like still did things that we don't want at the end of the day right right mm-hmm. and it's like even if we say like oh it was still like a minimal <laughs> a minimal like <laughs> he was uh, less evil yeah right right <laughs> i mean i mean i guess i still understand the whole i mean at the end of the day i understand the the lesser of two evils and it's like i'd rather yeah have a lesser of two evils than the greater so i mean <laughs> just rip off the band-aid girl like just go like if we're gonna get evil just give me the big evil like we'll get through this together <laughs> i don't know but like it's like where we are now it's like okay like if a republican would have been in power now we maybe we would have lost our rights quicker but like we're still losing our fucking rights. At so the like, end of the day. <laughs> what, at the end of like, the day, what do like, we do? Don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait for part two <laughs> to find out. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't not want to Tune see part in. two. <laughs> <laughs> Pay that extra subscription fee and find out what that happens on yeah. Biden Live. <laughs> oh, man. But it's just like that's what it's like. It just needs to be a change. But we have to be the change. That's what Bernie said. Yeah. We Our most political gaze right here. I know. I feel like she needs to you step up. in on the mic. Like just sitting here, just listening. I'm like, I want to say something. I know. You want to plug in? Yeah, I'm down. Let's go. Dun, da, da, da. Everybody, this is a queer LBC. Exclusive. Exclusive. Former po- podcast Who member. 
Jose is back as a new guest because he's right here and he's the most political gay we fucking know. So he's going to speak on it too. But yeah, just like, um, as far as like my political gay life, um, I feel like a couple movies actually help. Like, I don't know. I feel like at some point, a lot of, I don't want to even say the word radicalized because it feels like we're so suburban. How could we like compare ourselves to something that most people would think is radicalized? Like when we hear the word, like, I don't know if 9-11 affected your guys' lives at all. <laughs> mm, mm, no. But I mean, I don't know if that actually, do you guys feel like that had gone into any of your guys's psyche what like 9-11 like politis like in like a political aspect of like either radic radicalizing you as terms of like becoming involved politically or no i think for me it did honestly i think um it wasn't necessarily i mean yes it was traumatic when it happened as like the planes are crashing and people were like my mom i remember my mom was really scared i know my teacher was crying we were watching it on tv and um, on the news in the class that morning. But I think what politicized me was understanding. I'm not necessarily going to say, well, I guess it is. It's a conspiracy theory, right? That 9-11 was an inside job. And so this idea, yeah. like when you're watching 9-11 and this idea, what, what was that video, right? It was like a video. There was a lot. That's why yeah. I wanted to get into that too. Cause yeah, go ahead. Tell us because I was feeling like, um, and tell me if this was your guys' experience, but like when I was growing up, like post 9-11 was like, so 9-11 happened when I was like in 10th grade. And so, uh, like we didn't really talk about it even when it happened in class. They were just like, oh, something happened, but we're not going to turn on the TV and you're just going to go back to your regular day. And then they did like a short little memorial and like briefed us real quick on like what happened. Um, and that morning, like when I was watching the news, I was like, what is going on? Like I couldn't process what was even happening because I didn't even know like the importance of like what the World Trade Center was or whatever. So I was just like, wait, what is going on? Um, but then anyways, all that shit ended up fueling a whole bunch of media and content that has to do with conspiracy theories that has to do with like crazy shit like you said like about like it was 9-11 an inside job right. and then um and i feel like i was like believing that for a minute too and i was just like oh yeah it definitely of course it was and then i was on that kind of narrative that i was like oh yeah and the illuminati too <laughs> <laughs> and then i was like yeah and banks they're evil and then there was this other movie called um zeitgeist Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, guys. And then, like, it was, like, supposed to be this movie that was, like, blowing the lid off of, like, what's really going on in, like, America. And, um... I have to rewatch it. What what did they say again? It was, was it, like, crazy. It was, like... And I don't even remember. Was that an Alex Jones thing? Because I feel like Alex Jones is the one who invented the whole 9-11 mythos. Hmm. Um, You're gonna have to fact check me. But, um, anyways... Yeah, so then there was, like, that whole moment, and then I feel like everything that we're going through now, just, like, all this, like, online misinformation and all la la la, it's just kind of, like, right off of the back of, like, 
this whole conspiracy theory like moment and yada yada yada. I don't know. But did it drive you to do? Get it didn't into, drive me to do anything, but I was oh. just curious if you guys had like felt that in the moment. I was exposed to really important teachers mm-hmm. in throughout my childhood. Like, um, I had like a really influential teacher. I had a black teacher in fifth grade. She was amazing. Um, they really put things into perspective, you know, like when they really challenge like your, your worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like most of us aren't really aware or recognizing how anti-black like our communities are. You know what I mean? Like just now we're looking back at like maybe five, six years ago, how like, wait, you can't say that in movies anymore. Or like, why the hell is this person doing blackface? Or like, why is this person saying this? Or like, why are they doing, you know what I mean? It was only like five, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. really um, having influential teachers that would like drop little seeds here and there, which is why I think critical race theory and a lot of teachers being attacked now is because a lot of teachers did the work for us. At least for me, I was very lucky to have teachers who dropped some good knowledge. When I was in high school, I had another teacher who was really influential um, and was introducing me to like philosophers and like um, introducing us to causes and and um, actually doing social change and social work. And like the first thing we did was uh, do a fundraiser for the missing women in Juarez. And so we were like literally in high school fundraising for a community that we don't really know and don't see like beyond us. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so teachers that were dropping those kinds of like nuggets That's of cool. knowledge. Do for others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think also um, we had a Trump back then. It was George Bush. George <laughs> Bush was like awful, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it was like the first time where. Um, people were not happy to have a president. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where people were like really openly speaking out against, like, that's mm-hmm. not my president. Um, and I had a lot of friends too that were also very like anti George Bush, and we didn't want to be in war. You know, yeah. um, we didn't want to be at a war, and I felt like, like how coincident, how 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 funny that this tragedy happens, and now you can get your ass to war, which was what you've been wanting to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying like it was an inside job. I'm just saying that we know from learning even in history class, like some of our involvements in other wars. So mm-hmm. like we were not even going to be a part of World War II. We were not interested. Right. And what pulled us in? Oh, like there were several things that the that were trying to pull us into war was like the letter from Germany to Mexico saying like, "Hey, join our side against the U.S." and blah blah blah. Like or like then the blowing up of of ships, right? Mm-hmm. And so like same thing. They're kind of I don't know. It's like you see it if you paid attention in history class. You hear you see you hear about the funny things that you kind of learn about in history and then mm-hmm. you see it again repeating itself. <laughs> oh, definitely. And it's I mean, like, history repeat, repeats itself Like a lot. with the whole Ukraine and the Nordic stream thing got blown up. Yeah. Like, you know, when things have to happen in order for them to use that as fuel to go to war yeah. or something. Yeah. But even socially, look, at, we're another wet lavender scare. Mm-hmm. We're going back to that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think, like, it's, for me, like, I feel the person is political and especially when the person's rights are up for debate and they're not granted automatically. So like if that's your case, which is that's all of us, right? You know, mm-hmm. like we're not we are political beings because like we don't have like this full autonomy over our life because we have this government over us. Yeah. Can I say something real quick? Um 
And I just want to blame Democrats for everything that's happening, first and foremost. If I was if I wanted to be part of a winning team, I would definitely look at Republicans as winners because they don't give a fuck. They're going to take away your rights. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> and they're just going to do it. And they're all unified. So why, <laughs> right. why should a Democrat be looking to work with people like that that's why we're not going anywhere because everyone's like oh well we want to be nonpartisan. like no nonpartisan means accepting someone else's viewpoints that i'm not a human and so democrats are basically not they don't have a backbone they don't do like republicans do republicans just do what they want and right and they just fucking do it nobody like they just do it and what are democrats doing nothing mm-hmm. nothing like someone tell me, someone argue with me, change my mind. What are they doing? Oh, women don't have rights to abortions anymore. They knock that off. Or well, what else? What else? Democrats give us? Yeah. Yeah. Not forgiveness for student loans, but yet thousands and billions of dollars for Ukraine. Yeah. So no, I blame Democrats. Yeah. Point blank. And I think the Democrats that always use like people of color and oppressed groups, right, as as pawns of like we're going to do this for you. But there's never that payout. And that's the problem. They're just like using us and making all these promises and not following through. And I feel like that got really highlighted as I got older because I was like, why are we still talking about this? Like, we still, why are we still talking about like abortion rights? Why are we still talking about like uh, protections under, under federal law? Like, why is this still a conversation? And that really highlighted like how, how the system is operating, how it, it was designed ultimately, but like mm-hmm. how it's not working for everyone it never really was supposed to work for everyone Mm -hmm. i mean do you not remember when this country was started that we had slaves Mm -hmm. so like no this country wasn't right that whole concept of like the government is for the people was it was never for the people Mm -hmm. no it was for one particular class Mm -hmm. and it was the rich white but even when even to piggyback off what you said about the democrats and just what you said the front line looks like us. Mm-hmm. Their front line look like, our f- I'm using air quotes, our founding fathers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they all cis white males that's on their front line. And w- what we have on our front line, just how we used it back in Stonewall, we have our, our a POC women of color mm-hmm. on our front line. And mm-hmm. so then once they start speaking out and trying to make shit happen, Oh, like that. I, you, you know what I'm saying? Like they put other shit into play. Oh, they're angry or they're this, they're that. They don't know what they're talking about. But those are the most educated on in the House and Senate from both sides. But it's just like people see that fight, mm-hmm. so to speak. So I just want to say that as well. So like the Democrats, you know, we had to have fight fire with fire. So start telling the well, you, and you already know the cis white man on the Democrat side ain't gonna really do much or nothing. No, Mm-mm. and some of the people that look like us don't do nothing for us either. There's a lot. I of mean, people. oh yeah, you're right about that, mm-hmm. and yeah. you're right about that as well. Because once we get them in office, they go ahead and just dilly dally to the other side, mm-hmm. and you know. So that's why I was telling them early, like we need to have people. We need to have people in our community that knows what we want and need. Yeah. And start, start start filling this house and senate and getting into politics. But we exactly. got that bitter mouth. We got that bitter taste in our mouth, so to speak, about politics. Yeah. And be like, you know what, fuck it, I don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I just 
deal with what comes my way. Yeah, I think also remembering that we have to start with small government first. Mm -hmm. Like we need to vote people into our school districts because if people that are like us in school districts, they're going to make sure that the school district schools aren't voting to ban books right or to like stop students from learning about themselves um so yeah like start small school boards ptas like um even you know and then city this or city that or you know starting start city trends yeah (laughs) i would say like i've always had a gripe against the entire bullshit of it all even the whole voting process is just bad like when i try to the last election my local election when i try to research about whoever's on the ballot the only thing that ever comes up is puff pieces about that person and no other information and it's kind of like what like yeah it's like it's all like oh maxine water she's the shit and it's like, well, I really am not finding anything bad against her. And does that mean that she is perfect and amazing? Uh, or is there just like articles that I'm not finding? Or what does it mean? I'm not I'm not accusing Maxine Waters of being evil or anything. I'm just saying, using her <laughs> as an example. Um, you know what I mean? Especially with the way that our like Google is so skewed. Oh, and yeah. It's like you'll pull an article just depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard yeah. to com- to compete at all as like a voter. But I think that's how pe- how they stay in power is with these puff pieces, right? <laughs> yeah. Because like to access like their voting records, like you have to go digging for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not. I'm sure it's not easily accessible. So like people aren't going to do that. So just going to look at what what their what's local media out. is saying, what's printed, their mm-hmm. their media source. Yeah, I remember this last election we were googling. Um, Fox News, this person's name, and then like another fo- another news outlet, the person's name, and see what stories you're getting, oh, um, because you're already gonna know what story and narrative Fox News is gonna feed you. Yeah. So then, if you're aware and cri- critical of that, and I think that's why this is super important to understand the teaching students the tools to 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 be able to critique their own system is like how we're gonna save the world. You got to teach kids like how does this world work and how do you dismantle it and how do you fix it and how do you like you know those are the tools that these kids need they need to learn like how do you vote how do you get people to how how can you put someone or elect someone you know what i mean like what is the process to get someone elected or to even just be able to run for something Mm -hmm. like do we know that do i know that i don't think i necessarily know what it takes to be able to run for like um, a position, city council, city council mm-hmm. office. I don't even know that. So you mean like those are the kind of things we should know? Yeah. In schools, like how do you do this? Um, and then also like um, a bigger issue that pe- that keeps a lot of people out is the low cost of um, these positions. So how many of us can afford to like get paid like almost nothing to go be a city council member? Like who has that? Right. Mm-hmm. Rich people can't afford to do that. <laughs> yeah. So who's gonna afford that position? Because it's not a livable wage. Right. Yeah. And then a lot of people are like, "Oh, we don't want to pay politicians a livable wage." Okay. Well, who's gonna do that job? And who's gonna do it well? Someone that can afford to not work. Right. Or someone that this is their work. Because the person who work it is, 
don't really care about the money, but they can't even get into the game yeah. without the money. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I think a really big chunk of politics that a lot of people miss is that they need to have media literacy and they have mm. to be able to decipher what is like a valid source versus a non-valid source. <laughs> and it's kind of like... <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds like basic, like grandpa didn't know that it was a dumb article, right? but like grandpa. legit. That's an onion article, grandpa. Right. <laughs> like, um, but that even goes like to the higher levels of like even being able to like decipher what's going on with the most like highest of news organizations. So yeah. like understanding like how the news media works is like i think a pretty important part because if you don't understand how the news media works you can miss a lot of the bigger picture if you think you're only what you're whatever you're seeing on the screen is the only thing that's happening um and there's just like you miss you might miss just a lot of things because so many things do not get reported on. Mm -hmm. And just like things that don't get reported on is like the bigger problem. Exactly. Not like made up stories about whatever. That's not the problem. The problem is like redacted stories, missing stories because whoever owns the main company doesn't want bad press about them. So of course, and you know, it's like only so many, what two probably, I don't even have to guess, but it's probably like two people are like the fucking owners of like almost every media news company. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like you can't say nothing about nobody and everything is like. (laughs) That's why you got to go about it. Listen to some of these independent small. um, But that's what pretty much what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But it's also you never know what shit they saying because some journalists don't even do the work no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean just like this own po- this podcast right here like how much research do we do not an extensive amount like it's like pretty much we like read an article and give our opinion and it's like I don't know how much harder work some news organizations are actually doing than that right mm. and how much actual hard work that they're actually putting into whatever fact checking fact checking and articles that they're giving right. you there's also a lot of harm in the way that they talk about issues where mm-hmm. like especially when they talk about sometimes like trans folk where they will like misgender people on the headlines mm-hmm. or they will say like um disgruntled white person but they will say like um like aggressive poc you know what i mean yeah like the languages that they choose to write is is purposeful i think sometimes and and um, oh, yeah. yeah, and they'll they'll write things to make it seem like a specific way, even though journalism is supposed to be not your opinion. It's <laughs> right, it's supposed facts. to be the facts. It's yeah. all opinions now. <laughs> Just the way the that like now that's facts. <laughs> the news media can even even when they're sharing you the truth, they can still be skewing your point of view. Because I remember, okay, so basically at the gym, the twenty four hour fitness that I was working at, they would play Fox News on the TVs. So I'd always mm-hmm. see what they're fucking playing, even though I fucking hate Fox News and I don't even want to see, you know, what they're saying. But I would catch it. I noticed on the fucking regular, Fox News shows um, video surveillance of petty robberies from made by black people uh, that are just like from across the country. There's just always constantly s- seasoning their entire 
like one hour news feed with right. random cherry pick stories of this is a this is a video of a black person stealing in a grocery store and they constantly are doing that yeah and it's like this is there's not a higher rate of black people doing that versus white people doing that but they're just simply not obviously showing the white people yeah. doing it pushing and so pushing just doing those kinds of things pushing that narrative if you're not if you're if you're the kind of person that thinks that the news is telling you that like is just like the word of god which a lot of people do right it's like mm-hmm. it really can shape your world yeah that's true and they're like well the news said it and obviously they have pretty graphics in their house right. it was on the tv box uh-huh. yeah <laughs> you also have to be aware too of like okay so you know how i feel like majority of us are what like left-leaning or radical or socialist or whatnot but watching the left side it's also very like by the playbook and it's like we know why a politician is on a comedy central show Mm -hmm. not because they're funny but because everyone's gonna be like look at how cool they are Mm -hmm. yeah they're on this show i like oh i'm gonna like like literally they're showing up to be making an appearance not because they give a fuck about the show or about you as a person they Mm -hmm. just want your vote and they know that you're watching this show so i'm gonna hop on this show i'll be likable yeah and i'm gonna be likable or when they or when they even talk about a specific politician in a very positive way and it's just like um they're a cop you know what i mean or like they did this and they've done that like and you literally are telling your viewers that this is the best person to pick right and Mm -hmm. so it's like do you feel that way or someone telling you to say that on tv or like why are you doing that yeah and why does that even have to do with anything and so we just have to be very mindful and cautious of what they're presenting to us on TV because it's all propaganda. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I feel like when the whole Biden shit happened, it was like we all were like, okay, obviously, I didn't even get to vote for Elizabeth Warren because that's who I wanted to fucking vote for. And then she had already dropped out by the time that came for California to vote. And so it was like, well, what the fuck? And so I was just kind of like, well, I was depending on voting for her. And now I'm kind of just like, well, how the fuck do I vote for now? And it was kind of like, okay, well, I guess what happened to Bernie? Something. And then (laughs) (laughs) and then it was like, well, I guess we have fucking Biden. And the entire time I was watching the fucking news Mm -hmm. and I'm watching like the Democrat sources, I'm like seeing all this fake shit about how everyone likes Biden. And I'm like, who the fuck likes Biden? Nobody I've ever spoken to said, oh, my God, I'm excited for Biden. The only people I ever heard anyone (laughs) excited for was for Bernie. I'd even hear people excited for Warren. I felt like I was in my own camp. Yeah. And so like (laughs) nobody was talking about fucking Biden. No, no. It was like you were either voting for fucking Trump or you were fucking voting for Bernie or you were voting for question mark dot dot dot. Yeah. Dunno. But the media kept pushing Biden as if it was like every yeah. as if he was a landslide to win. And I was like, yeah, but I also think to be mindful of like that media at that level that you're talking about is made to be national. Yeah. So like we live in a different climate and different environment than mm-hmm. other pe- places. So probably that experience probably a lot more prominent somewhere else. Right. Like probably like Denver or somewhere where there's conservatives, right? Like this, that Biden's popular. Mm-hmm. And it's just, West. since we're kind of in the outlier of like radicalism or left leaning <laughs> state that we have a different experience. Mm, true. Yeah, we have a way different experience than mm-hmm. most people, even just around us. Like, I sometimes get really shocked when I talk to people about, like, policing. Um, and then, like, I just say simple things like, okay, well, um, a friend of mine once said, 
what would what would stop some maniac from driving like a maniac and killing people and stuff? And I said, nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this guy's going to do what he's going to do. Like, okay, right. let's say that. Like, and I said, let's say it happens like right now. Like it just starts. Okay. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to grab your phone and you're going to start dialing. Mm-hmm. This man is driving maniac. Like who's going to stop him? And then it's like, gonna happen. Who's and gonna, then, like, where, where's, are they, where's the stopping happening? And then right. it'll happen and then it's done. And then 30 minutes later, maybe if you're lucky, I mean, people can stop him. Like we can, <laughs> we the people could be like, "Fuck, how do we stop this?" Mm-hmm. We can stop it. We can figure. Out. I mean, people do that all the yeah, time. We see, yeah, we yeah. see it all like, the time. Yeah, you see, like man rescued, you know, queers from a nightclub by stopping mm-hmm. the gunman. Like people save people, mm-hmm. right? And so right. this idea of like we need police to be patrolling because they're gonna catch the people doing the mm-hmm. act. I'm like, True. no, the only people they're catching are the people that they see that are doing things that they don't want to see. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's like I'm not I'm not particularly excited to see this p- person of color happily driving right now. So I'm gonna go ahead and do whatever the fuck see I want. See that do. brake light out mm-hmm. that don't exist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um and then also, okay, well let's say let's say like a single mom has to decide whether she's gonna use her paycheck to renew her license, her 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 tags. Or to feed her kids that day, or to pay the rent, and so maybe the tag's gonna have to wait so three more weeks, right? And then she's driving, and then here comes a cop. Boom! Here's a ticket because your tags are out, but she has to drive to work to so she could pay for these tags. That cop's not gonna be like, "Hey, what's your situation?" No, the cop is gonna do their job. Does that make a cop the good person? Like giving her a ticket now? She not only is behind her tags, now she has to deal with a ticket. So it's like, how is that good? Like. You know how it's is that not, good? Like how mm-hmm. can somebody be like, well, she should have been responsible. Like, well, though she's doing what she's doing the best that she can. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, like, you can't tell me there's a good cop. Yeah. I remember my first political action. I guess not action, other than voting, was like when I was in um, my film classes. I went and I went to the Occupy LA. I think it was Occupy LA, and I went to downtown because. Um, my friend, she was down there. She was camping out with a bunch of other like political, political queers actually that she had known from, I guess, high school or wherever she met them. And I had met her like political queer group. And it was like really interesting because they were like the first people that I had met who were like actually wanting to have like actual discussions about like gender and like um shit like that and it was like really interesting um and i definitely thought they were weird at the time and i was just like oh they're like they're they're like edgier gays (laughs) (laughs) than normal like and it was like the girls were feminists and um the the gays were just like i guess like talking about politics and shit and talking about gender and everybody was just like talking about that so that was interesting um, so I was down there and I, I don't know, I just like the vibe of Occupy was definitely kind of like scattered and I felt like it was like, nobody has a clear statement and everybody has a sign for something different. And I was like, what are we saying? Everything? Mm-hmm. I don't know. See, but politics is supposed to be chaotic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's supposed to keep you like, wait, now where am I supposed to be? What, what's the motive? What is our goal? Mm-hmm. Because if you all saying one thing then now you sound in uniformed, mm-hmm. which 
is a good thing. But in politics, it's like, oh, no, that's too many people saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're saying this, that, and the other, and it's chaotic, politicians don't know where to go now. You keeping they shit on they P's and Q's. So chaotic, I think, is a good thing. Yeah. In a sense of like, you know, mm-hmm. different signs, different um, chants and things of that nature. Yeah. Keep motherfuckers on their toes. Then um, I was always all the girls that I had known in high school were all definitely they were all in like uh, like smart classes. And so they were all actually getting, yeah, <laughs> they were all actually like reading like feminist texts. And so they were like, all the girls that I were hanging out with were all basically like hyper feminists. And so I learned a lot about um, politics basically just through feminism, just like secondhand feminism mm. that I was picking up. And then I learned a lot. Yeah. Just analoging it to gay culture. Like if you just like, if you become like educated on feminists, like, philosophy then you can just basically yeah like all the same shit works for gays but i mean in obviously there's nuances and everything like that but it, like a lot of it you can you can yeah. say the same shit yeah it's just like how men treat straight men treat people mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and even gay men treat gay men i think yeah. it's what, what, uh, what feminism is doing is it's it's addressing the patriarchy mm-hmm. which the patriarchy affects everyone but the patriarchy is upheld by white supremacy mm-hmm. which is right. why it's kind of like getting hard to get rid of because yes we have white women and i'm going to say that we have white women who are fighting for like yes like equality but then also don't want to give up their whiteness mm-hmm. so then that's where there's a struggle still you know which is why i feel like uh that's that's their work and we as gay men (laughs) our work is to undo the patriarchy within ourselves like because we do that shit to each other in like queer spaces y'all do jose who's sitting right across from me actually was like another pivotal friend that like i we really connected on talking about politics when we were younger when we were like in our 20s so we would get together and we would just smoke fucking weed (laughs) like right now and talk politics it was so cool because i didn't really have a lot of people to talk about stuff and it was funny because yeah we were both gay talking about politics again and it was cool it was definitely helped shaped like my ideas of communism (laughs) and just like um he got me into like noam chomsky and like stuff like that Mm. and he got me thinking on other things and reading other things and yeah it was really cool and then yeah i just continue yeah and i think also that movie milk again for like the 50th time i've cited this film (laughs) um watching that movie definitely like got me pumped up to like want to be in the fight for gay rights if like our rights were being like impeded on they are but they are now because mm-hmm. they weren't at that moment in my, oh, in my okay. well, I mean, sure, they always were. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, like, I wasn't aware at that level mm-hmm. that I was. Yeah, because well, remember once, we, we got to, like, a plateau for a minute. I feel like we got to a comfortable plateau. Yeah. But, but us as Californians, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know if, if like, queer kids in the middle of you know where. Well, this is right. the LBC podcast. <laughs> I mean, we <laughs> well, definitely yeah. have, like, a privilege to live where we live and and be able to kind of express ourselves freely but 
it's really sad and scary to see it be attacked again mm-hmm. you know and it's just like when are we all gonna like realize this is happening like when are we like you know like when are we gonna have our captain planet moment where like like women queers <laughs> and like you know like you know blacks and then indigenous folks and like we all combine our powers and we just like take over you know take what i mean the white right. man. like why when are we doing this like come on everybody when is oh let me God. know send me the memo <laughs> right. and i will show up what does that captain planet look like the <laughs> problem is that <laughs> who does that captain planet look like i feel like captain planet would be um what's uh what's that actor's name from from um uh, pose electra oh and then she just comes out yeah, she just like changes the world. That's true. I can see that. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, but all those other uh, demographics are filled with straight people, and so they don't want the gays. So that will never work. <laughs> yeah, and religion, and I think religion has a big impact on people's oh, yeah. like morality. It has religion has a chokehold yeah. on folks, and yeah, it's how does Christianity affect your life negatively today? Um, well, like all of the like Christian people that get together and like enact <laughs> laws that like target people like me and my tr- transcestors and my queer sisters. And so um, when they come after my trans friends, they come after me. And so that's how um, uh, Christianity, that's how she affects me. What about you? Will? She's Regina uh, George. Just saying, like, I grew up in the church, but also. I was taught about the truth, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, like love is love. You know, like treating people with kindness and respect. Mm-hmm. That's very that was very important in our household. Um, but also, like the book is a huge book, and that one little testament that everybody been preaching for over two hundred, three hundred years is not the whole truth. It's not the whole book. So I'm like, I'm going to trust and believe into something that I'm getting partial information from. And it's written by a motherfucker who wasn't even there. (laughs) So I pray to a lot of beings. Mm. That's beautiful. How does the church negatively affect you today, doctor? I think it's, they provide the rhetoric that the politicians use to enact all these laws that are harming us and like hearing all this hate like has a huge impact on people's mental health especially like young kids like you need to understand like young kids like you're you're coming for the adults you know trying to target but you're also targeting the youth and they do not have the resources or skills to cope and navigate so much hate um so you need to be mindful of the impacts uh, that has on people like i remember when i was in grad school there was that the the rash of a uh, teen gay uh lgbt uh teen suicides i think it was what, in 2015 mm-hmm. right and there was a lot going on then too with uh, you know politically for the community mm-hmm. so yeah they're fucking everyone up someone asked me how is that <laughs> where did the church pastor touch you well, unfortunately, <sighs> I'm sorry. That was insensitive. 
Unfortunately, that's not a part of the story. Otherwise, I'd have a lot more tea. <laughs> but, but on the other have, hand, how is Christianity negatively affecting you at this moment? Well, it's negatively affecting me this moment because um, people in the Christian community are uh, deciding to pretend that the Bible is overwhelmingly homophobic and that they're pretending like the Bible is saying that they are unable to sell them items to LGBTQs. And as a part a former member of the Christian church, I'll tell you that that wasn't like a part of it. So <laughs> they're lying and it's affecting me because they're lying and they're discriminating against LGBTQs. Christian people uh, are also still affecting my life because they traumatized me by forcing me to watch uh, a very traumatizing play about the rapture. That's <laughs> frightening. That happened to me too. It was a video. The oh pastor my. like brought it to our house. We were like watching it like it was just a fun Saturday like sleepover. Not on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. It was a weekend, but I remember like that, that shit was frightening. I'm definitely like leah remini going clear that's how i look at myself <laughs> like i need to like i i escape the christian church you need your right. podcast I know. <laughs> but yeah those people they claim to be christians and they're not yeah. nowhere near christian because that's that don't even speak about love mm-hmm. that's not there's nothing pure about that type of love Mm-hmm. But I also feel they're the loudest, though, and that's the problem. That's the problem. The problem. They loud. They're the loudest. But then, like, if you're not, if you're not being as loud, or if you're being quiet, like that, that homophobia, like you need to like check yourself. Yeah, they represent you. So yeah. get your house in order, Christians. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to be seen, I remember watching this reaction. It was uh, someone reacting negatively to uh the show with uh mushroom people what's it called last of us mm. then someone was like i immediately knew that the villain was going to be a christian the christian man was going to be a villain because they've they are, are there's there america's at a war with christians the christians have always been the villains what you mean <laughs> people are right. crazy like they Acting they like went over to they, they they always went into the people homes and just like like, force them to be force Christian. them right and force motherfuckers to follow you right. follow me this is right mm-hmm. get the fuck out of here yeah mm-hmm. criminal Facts. <laughs> no but yeah um i bring that up because obviously like if there is a separation of church and state that we allegedly have i mean that's not really happening it isn't yeah um, no it never has happened. And yeah. like they say, right, the personal is political. And everything mm-hmm. that's personally happening to me is forcing me to think of it in a political, political way. way. Yeah, I have no other choice but to vote for the candidate that is alleging that they will be helping me. Right. <laughs> um, but then you also have that right, though, to make sure that they do follow up. Mm-hmm. You have the right to be calling that office, emailing them. You have that right to be like, look, go I to their house. Look, mm-hmm. well, I ain't trying to tell you to. Yeah, go to their shit. house. <laughs> you can not trespass the sidewalk. Is yeah. everybody? I mean, well, yeah, you can get it on the sidewalk. But, but like that's but that's the thing. Like, yeah, you can do that. But like, what does that do? Like, how many calls do they get? Like, are they even listening? listening right. You know, like we can't do anything. No, <laughs> I mean like Trump Trump is a big example of how you can't you can literally get away with things yeah and then also like here in LA we have what's his name 
that uh oh the la city the, council the guy that wouldn't kevin de leon kevin de leon who won't give up a seat mm-hmm. after they were caught being anti-black oh, anti- right and racist oh he didn't give up a seat no, no. he's still like he oh. was like at pride the other day like still doing his mm-hmm. job or whatever um no at see, pride people would have yeah. been allowed as then yeah. Like the Juneteenth barbecue. <laughs> 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 the fuck? That sounds about right. But it's really sad, though, because it does speak out to a lot and says a lot about the anti-blackness within the Mexican-American community, within the Latinx community. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much yeah. anti-blackness mm-hmm. that it's, 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 we, as indigenous folks and Mexican-American folks, like, we need to get our house in order because that's just not cool. We can't be, like, following that anti-blackness that, our grandparents and great grandparents like were taught like we need to sever that and mm-hmm. end it and work on that ourselves like on our anti-blackness colonizer i never thing. understood that idea it's a white it's white it's, supremacy, right, yeah. white supremacy. It's, it's, it's they they hit every culture yeah they hit they made sure you feel they it hit every culture yeah you 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 it's a social thing it's a social thing because it's like proximity to whiteness mm-hmm. so anything that is the closest to whiteness it's going to be the most respected and anything the farthest from whiteness is disrespected and in not seen as human right and so that's what uh anybody who is of other that is non-black that is a proxim- has a closer proximity to whiteness is going to benefit mm-hmm. and they then are experiencing the social situation and then can also make those choices to either push back or ride the wave which is is which is excusing it you know allowing it into allowing it mm-hmm going with it but yeah so now i guess i am a political queer i mean now you are i mean yeah, I that's feel also like- true i mean because i was in politics when i was younger and stuff but i was you know i was still in the closet but now but also i don't i haven't put in the work mm-hmm. i'm gonna be honest i haven't i mean obviously you're very yeah. straight I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but like you know like i haven't been at no protest i haven't being at no uh, rally or mm. nothing of that matter in the in a sense as far as this concern is to queerness. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see you know yeah. what I mean. When when I think of like this as the of like political queer, like I think like it's also about like breaking outside of like the norm, the norm. and the binary. So I think like you just showing up authentically, you as a queer person is like a, a stance. And like uh, a protest on its own right, um, and I think um, that we need to be like mindful of that and thoughtful of that too. So like, I appreciate that, yeah, because I do understand what you mean. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't necessarily have to be out there on the front line. Mm-hmm. My political queerness can be me being in those queer spaces and yeah. giving other people the the strength and courage to also live in their truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because I think that's what the queer revolution is about. Is like breaking outside of that and being authentically yourself unapologetically without judgment. And I think we're, we're at, we're struggling with the without judgment part, you know, society, (laughs) you know? Um, So I I think like that is what the queer, queer revolution has to offer to the world. Is this being you authentically without any like judgment or oversight or the patriarchy or, Mm -hmm. or all this stuff. Yeah, and I think also there's different avenues and mm-hmm. there's different battles. So not everyone can do the physical, yeah. you know? Not everybody can. There yeah, are siblings right. of mm-hmm. ours that physically cannot do you're right. certain things, you know? So that doesn't mean that they are not a valued 
um, fighter in the in the battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody has their strengths. Whether it could be like you know what, um, I'm gonna organize, or I'm going to educate myself and read, mm-hmm. and I'm going, I'm going to, to donate or donate, yeah. or I'm going to like look into further criti- critically uh, looking at what the hell's going on and mm-hmm. how how do I least impact the world. And then, you know, like little things that we can all do, like, you know, like uh, definitely signing petitions or just making phone calls, Mm -hmm. calling. Uh, I've done that a couple of times where I phoned in to City Hall to give public comments, like in fights for like other cities as well. Like anytime that I see like, hey, call this so and so, like sign this petition, like do this, like put pressure on them. And I've I've done that. And I've done that also in small work, too, like in my community where we can actually like put that pressure on folks but it's only just pressure peer pressure um <laughs> that's really all it is because yeah, behind pressure. them is is the funding you know what i mean like yeah, yeah you're that's saying something problem. but are are you are are you loud enough than the money that they're getting to mm-hmm. do what the hell they're doing but if there's enough of us you know the pressure's there we gotta do it yeah guillotine but guillotine. <laughs> going back to what you were saying about how you like basically haven't been to like a protest and i feel like you almost kind of feel like bad that you're not like quote unquote doing something mm-hmm. i would say like as somebody who has gone to protest like i've gone to protest with you guys um both jose and dr mikey for what was it kids in cages mm-hmm. and then i've been to a protest for black lives matter and I was going to a second one. I was going to the, I was on my, I was trying to find parking for the Long Beach one that was getting rioted, <laughs> but there was no parking. <laughs> um, but I went to Welcome the one to in Beach. Torrance. <laughs> <laughs> and then what else had I marched fucking for? Um, I don't know if you consider an AIDS walk. <laughs> yeah. But I finally kind of almost feel like that's almost political. Yeah. Yeah, that is totally yeah, political. Yeah, AIDS walk is mm-hmm. political. Um, what else? Maybe another protest that I don't remember. I don't know. But I didn't go to any of these protests for this drag stuff. And I mean, I still don't feel like I've done enough. You know what I mean? So it's like right. you're never going to feel like you've done enough. That's yeah. probably also true. Like unless because like every new political upheaval, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much going on. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be able to do enough. It's like, I guess if you have the energy at the time, that's who gets to be the fighter. Mm hmm. <laughs> If you don't have the energy, then you're not doing it. But yeah. I mean, there is like also, uh, you do have kind of, I mean, as a gay person, I mean, and I tell this to my, I have a younger lesbian cousin who is like very Gen Z and I like, she's like, what the fuck politics? Why the fuck do you give a shit about stuff like that? And I'm just like, no girl, like you <laughs> need to be aware. Not. Like, right. I know that you think you're above it because you're like, <laughs> I mean, they probably got, they probably had, they they probably got their memo. They say we overturning this, like. I mean, but if she's, I mean, but if, but I mean, she, in my opinion, if she's even listening, she's clearly an uninformed person and she doesn't know what's going on. So therefore, meaning she doesn't know what's going on with gay people and gay rights either. So she's not like knowing. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, you do. I mean, I feel like. As a gay person, at least, or LGBTQ, <laughs> you should probably try to stay informed about like what's going on with your community. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because you also can't forget your history. Like, I feel like maybe we have a trauma because we grew up 
knowing gay people couldn't get married Mm -hmm. and we know what that's like Mm -hmm. and then now we see it going back and so we're like i feel like the we just like the older generation that has a huge fear of unprotected sex because of aids here we come with like prep and now we're fucking everybody without a condom and we don't have the fear that they have Mm -hmm. so the younger generation you know because we didn't experience the aids crisis and so we don't know that how that feels and so i think the younger generation didn't experience i want to just say like that this is a blanket statement but i just want to say that the general population of queer folks within like big cities are experiencing today a better not not that it's not stressful that it's not mm-hmm. traumatic traumatic but i feel like they are more likely to be experiencing some more positive situations in schools today mm-hmm. as compared to when we were kids in school. Oh, I feel definitely. like that might be safe to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely safe. And so they may not know like the true dangers of like what it used to be like. And so as people are pushing, re- you know, rewinding back the laws to make it look like back in 1999, um, you know, the younger folks aren't. Also, voting doesn't really work sometimes. <laughs> so like, like, um, and I think they know that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how could you not like? How what like what was it the Al Gore, George Bush issue? Mm-hmm. There was uh, the Hillary Hillary Clinton and Trump, right? Where she mm-hmm. got the popular vote but didn't get the electoral college, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we but that saw- was a, that was a real. I mean, you knew you were if you didn't. Hillary didn't canvas where she needed to canvas. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, and then, like... I mean, it's just every election, there's some stupid bullshit that's, like... Or how the primaries are run. And now, like, like, Republicans want to say that the votes aren't legal and they go take everybody to court. mm -hmm. And it's just, like... It has a match of signature, like... Yeah, it's just, like, wait a minute, wait. Like, but if your person wins, then it's not... Mm Mm-hmm. Rigged. Well, make it make sense. But if yeah. someone else that's not what you want wins is rigged, mm-hmm. um, I mean the whole thing is rigged. Yeah, it's fucking. Because <laughs> no matter who you vote for, you're not gonna get what you want. No, <laughs> you're not. They're gonna put in the people they want to like be puppets. Yeah, fucking, but yeah, circus. Um, are you trying to leave, bitch? Yeah, I didn't have rehearsal. They canceled, which is why I came. And I was like, oh, I don't have it. And then they're like, oh. Our other event canceled. Now we can practice, and it's for like an event that I have next week. So I have to go practice. I want to go practice. Okay. <laughs> well, everybody, that was Jose. We'd like to say thank you very much, Jose, for Thanks joining for us, us for a quick today. moment. Yeah. Talk about politics again. Stick around. I might pop him back in later. Maybe he will. All right, have a good recording sesh. Thank y'all. Bye. Love y'all, Long Beach. I missed y'all. Jose has gone now. We're all back, three of us. Gong. Back to political gays. Any other political gay thoughts? Not on my end, except I just wish we got to get more queers and gays inside of politics mm. I guess out <laughs> get them out of politics get them out. no out living out, out loud closet. like Lindsey Graham just kidding alleged I don't know Is he <laughs> that's who I want in office living out loud and proud queer and gay folks mm. 
not the closeted ones that's making these decisions and going on grinder at, at 12 right. o'clock at night messaging young men on instagram <laughs> what was it that he was messaging that on one guy? instagram yeah, yeah. Oh, god <laughs> ridiculous not santos do you have any final thoughts um To be a queer is to be forced, I guess, to be political. <laughs> if the society that you live in is against queers. Or, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't have no thoughts. I have no thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> just restating everything. <laughs> but, um, no. Um, I'll try to stay... I mean, it's hard. I hate being politically active. I hate reading gay news. I hate um, having to keep updated with gay news sources so I know what's going on. Not that I have to, but I I almost feel like I'm obligated to be aware of what's going on so that I can be aware that I need to fight against things. Because if I don't know something's going on, how can I... Right. Be aware. Mm. But I guess it's constantly just forcing you to be in a state of hyper alert, even if nothing's going wrong. Because, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it puts you it puts you on the alert, right? Like, you start feeling unsafe. You start seeing enough, like, unsafe things happening in the news and laws right. are coming up and it feels like people are coming for you. Like, you're not going to feel safe in general. So you're going to be a little hyper vigilant, a little concerned about your safety. Because the truth is, if you're not really paying attention, what can happen? Groups can come against you. And if yeah. everyone's like you and not paying attention, then obviously people can do things and get their political movements and create laws against you and discriminate against you. And mm -hmm. it'll be perfectly fine. And then if you're so unaware, then I guess you just don't even know that there's a problem. <laughs> and then you just... The un I mean, that's that's the end of the story is like, if you're unaware, you're unaware. Yeah, and yeah. you're gonna be unaware if you're, if you, and you're know. gonna be shocked. <coughs> mm -hmm. You're gonna be shocked at the outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, I think as you, everyone approaches politics, it's important to be mindful. Like, it is draining. It can't be traumatizing. It can be a lot to kind of take on. So, like, you don't have to be doing your in it like 100 percent of the time. You know, just be mindful of like. um of like doing your own self-care and engaging with these sources and being political to what's in your capacity because you're not going to be mm -hmm. able to do everything you can't be 24 7 into this politics being an activist like you need to rest too so being mindful of taking care of yourself as you're fighting and understanding that you don't have to be everything in this fight that was well said okay then i won't be because oh. I don't feel like going to an actual physical protest. Yeah. I honestly don't. Um, my own personal self. Because I feel like with all the protests that I have gone to also, it's like, not to be jaded, but it doesn't feel like it did anything. <laughs> and it's kind of like, yeah, I can go out there and we can be all the numbers and then the news media won't even report about it and then nobody will know the story even happened and... I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so jaded. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think I think for some people it does something, right? Like, I think it can raise awareness, but I think it also brings community together. And I think it gives um, that energy 
that kind of comes with like what you're protesting against right like if you're being discriminated against in this, your group or you're allied to this group like this is going to cause like a reaction in you so like protests are kind of like a, a form of like it could be a form of healing it could be a form of release because you're out there chanting you're out there marching moving and instead of this energy being trapped in you like it, it could potentially be going somewhere and like not be as impactful on your body well back to like when you were talking about this like planet captain planet idea and it's kind of like well i remember i went out there for black lives matter movement like i was out there because i believe in the movement and i mm-hmm. believe in helping your fellow human being yeah and i believe in giving numbers to people who need it and it's kind of like well maybe all the other groups you know what i mean should be like this is where it comes back to allyship showing their numbers at the damn protest yeah i agree and i don't know how many actual straight heterosexual men are going to a protest for anybody besides the kkk <laughs> like um when i think of straight men and protesting yeah i don't think of them i mean yeah they they do show up in small numbers right <laughs> yeah but i remember i went to another um I, when I, I went to another kids in cages protest in like santa ana and the people who were throwing it were um it was i forget the name of the organization but they were the jewish one they were a jewish organization mm-hmm. and it's because they saw what was happening and they understand <laughs> like from another point of view right. and that's what we need more of is other people from other like areas coming out to back up people Mm -hmm. who aren't themselves we need other people who aren't gay and trans to come out and be like in these protests for us yeah because yeah because as far as like being on the front lines like yeah i feel like being in a protest is is as front lines as you can get and then that's probably your highest form of being front lines Unless we're going to the extreme amount of like you're in a protest where you're actually being physically beaten at yeah. the protest, mm-hmm. which I guess is like number one, that's your front lines, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I guess number two is being at the, a calm protest. And then number three is writing into your whoever the fuck and complaining and writing letters. And honestly, I did complain and I did write a letter too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've gone that far as to fucking fucking write a letter um to who to elizabeth warren (laughs) not bitch why you drop out the race (laughs) Mm -hmm. suspicious you know you know what i actually wrote to her and told her to run oh and then she ended up running she ran for you so i don't know if maybe that's a proof of that something works but i don't know maybe she just don't think about it too much i'm not gonna think think about it too much i'm not gonna think about it i'm not gonna get more jaded but (laughs) anyways um, and then what's another step that you can take? And then it's like, okay, so then writing to your congressman or people complaining about whatever the fuck. And then obviously voting in, in ways that benefit the group that you're trying to help save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and being aware of your friends. And if your friend is in another demographic, pay attention and be like, well, maybe I should pay attention to what they're going on with in their own political sphere. Yeah. Because everyone is a political person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, in the streets or in the trenches in your everyday life, 
fighting homophobia as it happens like when people say shit when people or if people are physically harming other people you mm -hmm. know what i mean mm -hmm. for the specific reason you know because they hate that thing it's a hate crime if yeah that's another thing you can do step in step up step see up. something say something and that even goes to as far as people saying shit just like even just spewing hate or just like saying shitty comments be another person who steps in and says something out loud and i guess that's all you can do as far as like being in doing work right that's what doing work is yeah and i guess just doing your best to like help educate other people in your own personal sphere mm -hmm. and i feel like i try to do all i feel like i keep all of those covenants or <laughs> those yeah. practices gotta keep your people that's around you yeah. accountable yeah. yeah and you know i think it's also understanding that like it's like all the we're all like kind of like a drop in this bucket, right? Like you mm -hmm. do your work, I do my work. Mm -hmm. uh, Christoph does does his work, so like, and it may feel like like what impact am I having? But like collectively, it mm -hmm. is gonna have it has a huge impact. Yeah. I mean, it did get to a point where like, <laughs> I was just post. I I mean, I became inflammatory. I had a flat, a, a, a inflammatory leftist. Mm. Where I just would start, I mean, on my own, like, social media, I just post, like, stuff that is, like, <laughs> to piss off Republicans on purpose. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. And then, so, I mean, then I, then I lost my Republican audience. What can I say? And that's what, what my audience is, is my family. Well, that's <laughs> my also, but family. remember you said you want to put in the work, but you're also putting in the work to that energy into something that's not helpful, positive, or mm -hmm. active. You know what I mean? I guess that is a negative thing. Yeah, you're right. Mm. I should stop being inflammatory. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a question mark. It sounded should, like a yeah. Should I? I mean, I I think I think um, in terms of like that when because we counter a lot of people. I feel like I'm a lot more like left than a lot of people, especially like my family. Mm -hmm. Um, and I take the route of like like knowing that what we talk about and when I talk to them about my perspective, it's planting seeds that I'm not going to change their mind right there in that moment. Um, I'm just there to kind of um, give them some light education, things like that, in hopes mm -hmm. that it kind of seeps in and, and changes them slowly. Cause I don't think you can expect fast change from people. Like I would love that, but like, I think, because you can't change people's minds like they have to do it themselves and be willing to change exactly they mm -hmm. got to put the work in exactly so like you can plant seeds but ultimately like it's up to their own work that they have to do i like to manipulate people in the way that <laughs> that i come at it from the angle and i kind of just like put all the pressure to be like you know what fuck you and if you don't if you don't shut the fuck up with your stupid fucking ignorant ways i hate you and you're dead to me goodbye and then hopefully they like me enough to change and then <laughs> then what if are you willing to give up that person always that's not yeah it's not manipulative right. like you just telling them what it is yeah i just feel like i know that it works <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure it hasn't worked all the time either, i'm though. quite sure you've lost a few folks mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean i feel like when it comes to like doing the arguments you know, having arguments with people or having quote unquote conversations, real conversations, you really have to just put your foot down and be like, no, this is my truth. And like, if you, 
you really can't tell me like this is your opinion because i am the reality yeah that's true i, I did that with my aunt like we had a conversation because she didn't want to come to uh my wedding mm-hmm. um and it was because it was the same sex wedding and like i was really hurt by it and when i was trying to figure out like how to navigate that relationship and one day i called her i was telling her i at that right like there's some things you have opinions about but like my existence and if who i love is right or wrong or a sin or whatever it is that's not up for discussion mm-hmm. like that's not okay for for this homophobia and i i told yeah. them like you uh, in order for us to have a relationship like this is what i need to see these improvements i need to see because i can't um i can't accept you if you're only going to half accept me exactly and it's like i'm not gonna pretend because what they do is they force you to pretend to not have emotions about it yeah like it's like oh well Mm -hmm. you know what like gaslighting you and shit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i have the right to not like this or like be disrespectful to you Mm -hmm. and if you are upset by it like you're the wrong one Mm -hmm. and it's like what yeah and that's the situation they always put you in. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Part 50 of how Christians have hurt us. Right? <laughs> I mean, I had... They don't got me in the chokehold no more. That's good. I rebuke <laughs> in the name of Jesus. The American political system is fucked. This is probably the end of our civilization as Americans, but it doesn't matter if the country is no longer, uh, if this, if it doesn't matter if the store no longer says Montgomery Ward on the front. <laughs> Don't talk about my Montgomery Ward now. Because the dilapidated <laughs> building will still be there, and then it'll turn into a Forever Twenty One. So you know what? Once America is no more, it'll be whatever the fuck it is. A nice little paint job. New sign, <laughs> right? Just rebrand it. Yeah, that's true. We can call it the United States of California land, <laughs> and we'll just only do what people in California want to do. But then you still ain't gonna be able to please all them motherfuckers. It's gonna be like a well, everybody a, can a just psycho. vote for me, and I'll be a benevolent <laughs> dictator. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's the only way. <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only way. Sorry. It's the truth. Well, everybody, until our alien overlords come down and officiate the truth, that's it. I suppose on gay, queer, politicizedness. Political queerness. Yes. Are that you exhausted? Because we are. <laughs> Stop politicizing us. Any other final gay thoughts? No, not to. Mm-mm. All right, everybody. Um, I'm trying to think. You're good enough. All right, everybody. That's it. I think it was a good one. Okay, I'd like to thank everybody. I'd like to thank myself, Nino, (laughs) Dr. Mikey, (laughs) our city top liaison, Christoph, and our special random guest, former podcast member, Jose, for joining us here on the Queer LBC podcast. 
to all of you out there in TV land and podcast land, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you and me and everybody else, and we love you, and good night. Okay. Sweet dreams, Long Beach. Sweet tight. Whatever. <laughs> Not you whatever. Know. Not monkeypox again. I'm like, do people listen to that podcast?